Welcome to the Man Up God's Way podcast, a show that dives into the real, raw, and relevant issues for men in their faith, life, and community. Now, your host, Jody Birkin. And here we are on Monday night. This is Jody Birkin, your host for the Man Up Monday podcast. I'm also the founder of Man Up God's Way Men's Ministry, a ministry designed and birthed out of a desire to see men actually do Christianity. Stop sitting in the proverbial back row of the church, um, rise up and become leaders in their home, spiritual leaders in their home, uh, loving their wife like Christ loved the church, leading their children in the way so they will not depart from the faith and to serve their church. Um, and then as they do that, man, we want you to reach out and make disciples. Uh, that's what Christianity is all about. And so really excited to be here tonight. I got a, a special guest that we'll introduce here in just a minute. But uh, for those of you who are joining us, um, we are now live on our app and we're hoping you guys will uh, will uh, join us from the app. Uh, we've got quite a few people that are um, uh, in the app now. We just launched this a couple weeks ago. And we're really excited about it. um, So um, in the app now, we we just launched this a couple weeks ago. We're going to play it double there. Uh, Sorry about that. Uh, We're live on the app as well as uh, live on Zoom. So, But we're really excited about about the new app that we have and um, all the things that are going on with it. We already have 300 downloads. Men join in this app, which is a good community app. Um, it's, it's a place to where you can be safe. It's a place to where you can go and, uh, not have the craziness of social media. And, uh, in the near, very, very near future, within a week or two, we're going to start having Bible studies, live Bible studies, uh, that will be on there. We will have curriculum set up for you to be able to take some men through, um, uh, the Bible. We're going to start off with 12 doctrines of the Bible and to work our way, uh, through that and uh, give you a good foundation to become the men that God has called you to be. Also, if you get an opportunity, go and check out our merch store, manupmerch.com, where we have all kinds of goodies. We've got coffee, one of my favorite coffees in the whole wide world. I've got coffee mugs. I've got water bottles. Um, I have uh, our books. Um, the very first book I wrote, Man Up, Becoming a Godly Man in an Ungodly World. If you get an opportunity to go see uh, to read that, it is a... Um, it's a throat punch is what I call it, and uh, it will get you off the seat um, of, of not doing anything and challenge you to do something uh, when it comes to your faith. And so, uh, Rusty, glad you're here, buddy. How Thank you doing? You. I'm doing good. Awesome. So. Awesome. Good week? It's been a good week, yes. Okay, good. I should say weekend week. since it's, it's Monday. It is. Yeah, it is yeah. Monday. No, it was, a, it was a good weekend. So, been finally recovering and recouping from uh, sinus stuff, but awesome. I've, I've still got a surgery coming up for that in here the next like three weeks, but otherwise I'm doing a lot better now. <laughs> good. So. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Well, we'll be praying for you over your surgery. Yep. Um, and uh, we'll get you some Midol too. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> may need okay. it. May need it when <laughs> when it's over. <laughs> exactly. Well, so. a lot of craziness has been happening over um, the weekend. And uh, last week, uh, we've had just the Supreme Court has been on fire. Um, man, m- m- biblically, morally, uh, it just <laughs> yeah. seems like uh, things that I even confessed to my church yesterday. Um, 
you know, two or three weeks ago when the, the leak came out that the Supreme Court was thinking about overturning Roe versus Wade, I um, wasn't real sure that, that that would happen. I thought it was just propaganda. And, you know, for years, I've just kind of thought, man, we're hopeless. Like, you know, once something usually typically gets in the government as law, it usually doesn't change very it, easy. Very, not yeah. very easily. Not, it's, yeah. it's one of those things. Yeah. I remember when I first heard about it, I was just like, oh, wow, that actually happened in my lifetime. Like, right. just one of those things where you don't expect. Right, exactly. Well, so. not only it happened in my lifetime when they actually had Roe versus Wade. That's true. And yeah. then, you know, I was only three years old. But, um, you know, 50 years later, uh, we're able to say that, you know, at the federal level, at least, um, now we can say that it is unconstitutional. The great thing about it now is now the church needs to step up and do something. They actually have to get out and take care of the single moms. They have to get out and take care of the foster kids. They have to get out and adopt and get rid of the system that we have in place um, so we can support those who are, you know, hell-bent on trying to um, have a baby and, and kill it. Yep. And uh, we've got to do something different uh, and give them hope outside of that. You know, once you kill the baby, there's no hope yeah, at all, true. but we've got to give them hope. So really excited about that. Um, they also today just passed, passed a ruling that it is uh, constitutional that you can pray at a sporting event in any high school or college. Which uh, is, is which is huge. That, it's huge, and yet coming from a rural community where it was, you know, still second practice nature, yeah. and it was almost second nature, it yeah. seems kind of odd because I heard about that, and I, but I was like, wow, that's you know now it's you know nobody's going to get in trouble for that, and right. you know they're actually going to be able to do that, uh, you know, and that was one of the things um, growing up in a rural community. We always, you know, had like you know uh, what they would call like you know um, prayer prayer zones and things like that where they you know put up signs and they always had a prayer zone and you know you kind of grow up in the bible belt in the midwest you right, know exactly. and it's it's so much different but now hearing that you know that it's going to be allowed you know federally it's really cool to see that you know that that's going to happen yeah, amen exactly so um great stuff folks uh but we've actually got to go out and do some stuff we got to go and, and change some lives and um be the light uh that christ has called us to be and be the salt of the earth and um open our doors uh whether it's your home whether it's the church and let's make a difference so tonight i'm i'm excited um i have my guest tonight jeff overton uh jeff how are you doing brother i'm doing good thank you Man, I, I'm so glad that you joined us. We had some technical difficulties there for a minute and just some uh, uh, some crazy, uh, you know, I hate I hate technology, but I love it at the same time. So uh, I'm not smart enough to use it, but I have to use it. <laughs> so so thank you for joining us. Um, you and I met through a, a, a common friend who um one of, is one of my favorite people just so you know uh i'm not gonna uh throw her name out there but she is uh, she's an amazing woman and i love her to death and uh so jeff tell us a little bit about yourself and um you know maybe your testimony how you came to know christ and um how you uh how, how we're talking today all the way up to there so absolutely thanks again uh for allowing me to, to join i think this is an awesome uh podcast and um, I, like I told you guys earlier, you know, uh, it's, I have seen some, uh, folks, including yourself on here who, you know, you've got authors and you've got people who direct movies and, 
I'm like, I'm a guy who shows up to work. That's, that's what I do. So what, what are we going to talk about? So I'm excited though, to share the, uh, what we're going to be talking about today in regards to corporate, uh, faith and things like that, which is, which that's is pretty, great. It's pretty exciting. But from uh, my journey, um, I guess just thinking back. So I, I grew up in a, uh, amazing household. Um, it, it, uh, you know, my parents, you know, both, um, married, still married today. Um, uh, both, um, wonderful parents, you know, were able to teach me the ropes and different things. Um, but we didn't necessarily, you know, hold a, uh, a, a, a religious or a faith-based uh, home, essentially right. like a direct, you know, studying the Bible and, and different things. So, um, some things that I, you know, as I was in my probably late teens, uh, met up with, uh, some friends and, you know, it's, uh, when you're, you know, in, in, in high school, uh, late high school into college and I'm sort of in this party scene, right? So every weekend is, is, uh, is a party, you know, drinking and, and, you know, some drugs, whatever it might be, you know, you do through the weekend. Um, but, uh, I had a group of buddies who would, no matter what went on on a Saturday night, Sunday, they got up and went to church and I'm like, yeah. why, why are you doing that? <laughs> like you, you can totally, you can totally sleep in, you know, like right. this is, this is the time where we're going to get up and, and do it again the next day. You know, that's what this is all about. And, uh, they just kept doing it. And I, and I just kept getting a drive as to, there must be something that's happening there that makes them get up after a late night and, and be, you know, at this, at a church. And so it made me start digging into what, what that's about. And so started showing up on my own, uh, kind of, you know, through invites, of course, from them, but, uh, for me, it, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm an analytical person and I need to kind of see and touch, you know, things. And so God and I, you know, had a lot of conversations, you know, I'm like, Hey, you know, this is stuff is real, you know, I need to see it happening. And I, right. you know, and so I think he humored me in that and said, okay, you know, I'll be, <laughs> let's do some things, you know? So, um, through my journey into my early, uh, twenties, you know, I finally, uh, got to a point where I'm realizing, okay, this stuff is, this stuff is real. I can't use the word co coincidence anymore. You know, they tell you to pray about something, you pray about it, your life, you know, changes because of it. And you say, wow, that was a coincidence. You know, that was interesting how that happened. And right. after about a hundred times, the coincidence doesn't work anymore. And so, you know, drove myself in into wanting to know more and just like a sponge, um, getting into read the Bible more, getting into Bible studies. Um, and so that's kind of where it all drove me. I had to kind of find that uh, on my own, which I think was an important journey, you know, for me. Um, but when I learned a lot about it, I didn't really, um, I didn't really have this personality that would say, Hey, I want to go out and profess this to everybody. You know, like I, I was excited about it, but I didn't feel like I had like the right information in my head. Like I couldn't describe this to people. I knew what I had. Um, so in my head, I'm thinking, what am I, what, what is there that I can do that I can talk to people about God, but not necessarily be like slamming upside the head with the Bible. Right. And, right. you know, saying this is what you should be doing. Um, so for me, it worked through finances. And so my, uh, you know, late going into my late twenties, you know, early thirties, I had a lot of jobs that related around finance and the car business and 
um, in mortgage business and things like that. And I started realizing that people were hurting, you know, whether it came to money, it was difficult. And so I found a, um, uh, a way, you know, through various ministries that, that uh, through faith talk about biblical ministries and money. Um, and so that's where my drive came. So for the last 20 years, um, has been, my focus around how can I help people in finances and wrap that into, um, you know, a spiritual growth as well. Man, that is great. great. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause uh, yeah, you, you'd be amazed at how many people that, you know, what, what, what I see as a pastor a lot of time is that the people who have money don't necessarily need God until they actually have a major problem. And it's, it's really, it's a weird dichotomy because you see, these folks that actually have real problems, they don't have financial problems, but they've got real problems. Usually it's marital or, you know, their children or something like that. But it always seems to be that the, you know, the most of the people coming to church are those that are the upper middle class to, to lower middle, you know, to, to poverty level that, um, sometimes just don't know how to steward their money as we're supposed to, um, in and through, I like that was probably my biggest struggle as a Christian because money was always my God prior to salvation. And even in through my, you know, the early stages of my salvation, I still uh, would take and I would put my money up on the pedestal and I'd take God and put him on. And I just kept doing this back and forth, back and forth. And finally, uh, God just took it all away. And, <laughs> you know, then, then I didn't have anything but to focus on God. So, uh, it's really cool that you've you found a niche to where that you can not only use your expertise, uh, but add the biblical model behind it. And, um, you know, as we're called to be fishers of men, um, it, it's kind of that adage of, you know, you're throwing the bait out there and then you're you're bringing them in. It's not like you walk out with a shotgun and shoot them. We're not hunting for men. Uh, you shoot them, drag them into the church. You're slowly but surely just giving them, you know, some, some things that are going to help plus, uh, the potential for salvation, uh, in and through Jesus Christ or reconciliation, depending on where they are. So that's really cool that you're doing that. Yeah. Um, I think it's, um, you know, I've always looked at it when I was kind of going through this whole journey that, and for a while it took me a little bit to understand that, the, that the checkbook and the Bible, I just consider those two separate things, right? Like, I could do my checkbook. I'll figure this part out. The Bible's for the spiritual side. Um, but going through and seeing these, that there's, you know, more than 2,500, you know, verses that relate directly to some sort of a financial aspect. It's literally a guide. I mean, it's yeah. literally in writing of how to do things, yeah, you know, it is. it's there. So yeah. it's, that's an easy, you know, when you get people who are in desperate situations and there's a program that you can get them into and say, Hey, let's, let's, you know, talk about your mind. That's where it's at. Maybe your, your marriage is, is on the, the brink, but maybe it's not necessarily about what you think it's about. Maybe it's about communication with each other around the finances. Maybe it's something that you don't realize how to talk to the other person. And so by doing that and then relating that to verses that are, you know, in the Bible, it's, you know, it's, it's a pretty easy transition when people are in that situation to say, I just need some help, you know? Oh, that's good. That's really good. That's really good. I like, uh, I like how you, how you do that because, you know, unfortunately money is taboo in the church. You know, the moment that you say um, something about it, you know, people are like, Oh, I, I give with a grateful heart, you know, and half of them don't give. Um, 
and yet they still have financial problems or they're, you know, they're, they're always playing the adage of let me get everything taken care of and then I'll give to the church. So I'll give to God. Um, and a lot of times that's backwards. You know, uh, I always have people, should I tithe off the gross or should I tithe off the net? And I'm always like, well, do you want a gross blessing or a net blessing? Right. <laughs> and if you're even getting close to that, that's awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Either one, pick it yeah. for now. Let's get tithe, you started. <laughs> tithe, yeah. If you're tithing, that's great. So, um, it's, it's really good to see that, um, you know, somebody is, you know, there's a lot of people out there, but you know, they're doing it for financial gain. A lot of times you're doing it through what sounds like discipleship and, uh, man, that you'll be blessed for that. And I appreciate you doing that. So how are you, how are you going about, like, what would be, uh, for an example, let's say I called you and I said, Hey Jeff, I'm, I'm struggling with, with finances and man, I just, you know, I don't know why God keeps putting me in these positions. Um, how would you start a conversation or maybe even a discipleship process or a mentoring process to, to come alongside of me? Yeah. The first thing uh, that has been helpful for me is trying to get on the same page. Uh, you know, the lingo, the understanding of where we're at. Um, and there is a program out there um, that I found extremely helpful because it's so simple. Um, and it's, it's a discipleship program. Um, you've probably heard of Dave Ramsey, right? And so right. Ramsey Solutions, um, that it's an extremely inexpensive program, but it's got all the materials. And so um, if it's, a, if, if, you know, a lot of times people come to you, what I try, what I've been trying to do, and our, our church is big on trying to get ahead of the situations where it's a drastic situation, right? right. Because most people try to, you know, they don't feel like for whatever reason, maybe it's an embarrassment, maybe it's, um, uh, you know, I just don't feel like uh, I should be bringing this to other people's attention. Maybe it's the church, everybody seems like they're doing well, how come I'm not, where really everybody around is struggling in some way. Right. Um, but to start that uh, conversation before it gets to the point of, uh, okay, now I literally, I have no money left and I need to go to the shelter to get food, uh, you know, um, things like that. And so what we try to do is, is we try to promote this so that it's in advance, right? right. Um, if we have young married couples, <clears throat> you know, the first thing we want to encourage them to do, I mean, there is nothing. I've talked to so many young marrieds that have gone through the program and said, wow, uh, you know, this is amazing stuff. And a lot of older people said, man, I wish I would have had that. It's my start right. to my marriage, you know, or young college kids coming out. If we can get people thinking that direction early, then you're getting an advance um, thought. So our, our goal is to try to get it out there before kind of the rubber meets the road on I'm in a desperate situation. But if we get there, you know, we and it had it happens, you know, where people are just I I'm at a crossroads. Um, the goal is first immediately to try to find out if we have resources to get them, you know, their needs, their shelter, you know, their food, that sort of thing, but then immediately get them into a situation where it's not, we don't want to have you keep, we're trying to fix the, the issue that got you there in the first place could be a number of things, but let's start talking about it. And the best way that I've gotten people to start that conversation is to start going through that, that, uh, nine week, um, program. Oh, that's good. So it makes it simple. We get on the same page. And then once they go through it once, it's like, oh, hey, have you, let's talk about where your um, emergency fund is. Do you still have that? And they understand what emergency fund is. And 
let's talk about where, where you at with paying down your debts. Cause remember that's got to get, you got to get to that point where you at with that, you know? And so it's not like all this overwhelming, it's just, you know, these little baby steps that you can kind of talk them through. Right. Oh, that's good. That's really good. So does it, um, does it go further than just the financial side when you're talking with somebody? I mean, are you, are you obviously taking them through, you know, um, usually when you look at somebody's checkbook, you can usually tell what their idol is, right? You know, you can see what they spend the most time on and most money on. And it's exactly. usually the thing that's the problem in their life. Uh, do you address those kind of things? Yeah. And I think that's where it becomes pretty easily identifiable when you sit down and do a budget and you start doing, you know, the let's put your money, you know, figure out where your money's going. Um, it's immediately, you know, you can find out that this is where my idol is, right? Maybe, maybe I'm into, uh, whatever it is, pick, pick a thing, right. And all my money is drained, but it's going into that thing. Right. So let's talk through that. But that, that then leads into pretty quickly uh, a pointing finger situation. See, I told you, you shouldn't have been doing that. That you know, <laughs> and, then, right, exactly. and then it's, you know, and then you realize, okay, now we're in a different conversation. Now we've, now we've got communication to talk through um, before you make that purchase. Are you talking through that? You know? Um, but again, all these things lead into some biblical aspect of what, you know, what we're being taught. So it, as we go through it, it's pretty quickly identifiable with each person. And, and the, the thing that keeps me going, I think, is, um, is seeing lives change, right? right? When you have somebody come to you and say, my marriage is completely different. You know, our finances are completely different, but that's just, you know, uh, a cherry on top of our marriage being completely healthy, where we don't have stresses about, uh, I'm going to go buy an outfit because I have a budget for it, you know? Um, so that's what keeps me going is to see people who have a complete turnaround. That is awesome. Now, go ahead. I was just going to ask, like, you know, you said you sometimes have people that are in pretty dire situations, you know, uh, I'm just thinking of, you know, my family here, for instance, you know, where I've got two kids that are type one diabetic plus a wife who deals with autoimmune things and you've got medical bills and all types of things like that. Like, what are some like advices on things like that where, you know, so much of that is like stacked up against you that it seems hard to even get out from underneath it. Right. Yeah. There's, I mean, there is, you know, there's situations and not everybody and probably a lot of people aren't making just the, the, you know, the, you know, in quotes, the bad choices, right. right? Where it's Mm -hmm. just, there are tons of medical situations. Now, the good thing is uh, there's plans that can be set up. If, if someone's making X amount of income and you have X amount of outgoing, right, money, uh, there is a breaking point, right? Like I only, can, I only can bring in so much money. However, you know, if there's a situation where there's an opportunity where somebody says, well, uh, I've got my debts paid off, but my biggest thing right now is my, my medical bills you know, if there's an opportunity to find a way to, to gain more income, right? Maybe that's the second job, you know, that's, uh, for a lot of people, um, thinking about extra work, uh, could be exhausting, but the thought is if I, you know, can go out somewhere and make extra money to try to pay towards, you know, another, uh, a bill and then start working towards that, uh, finding the right insurance. That's a huge thing that go, you go right. through, um, this program 
And it, it teaches you, here's the type of insurances that you should be looking at to help protect you. Some people are in, um, you know, insurance programs that aren't, you know, fitting to their particular medical needs, right? That makes sense. That's a good point. So, good point. Yeah. That's really good. So now are you doing this mostly at church or um, do you also do this at, uh, at work? Are you like... How how do you how are you finding these people? Number one, um, have you you've obviously built a name for yourself through through this and helping quite a few people. How do how do people find you most of the time? Most of the time, it's just by either word of mouth or by the uh, you know online promotions. So we do it through church. Um, we do it through uh, the uh, Ramsey Solutions. Once you open a class, you can opt to open it as public. And so anybody, um, anybody can sign up for it. We can host it at, you know, we, most of the time we host it at a church, but a lot of times it's, it's good to host it, you know, offsite somewhere, right. a house or, you know, wherever else is a convenient place for people. Um, prior to, it was a big transition uh, prior to the pandemic, right? Yeah. Everything was, you know, in, uh, in buildings for the most part very rarely did you have something where it was a digital situation um, so you had to find someplace local uh, that you could go to so when we went through this transition over a couple of years of not being able to necessarily meet uh, the way we would have liked to we had to get into hybrid situations or complete zoom right. um, which were some of the the coolest classes that we've taught because <clears throat> people were you know, during the heart of the pandemic, um, you know, people were uh, away. We, like we would see backdrops of people. I'm at the Lake of the Ozarks, you know, my, you know, and they're like, okay, well, I'm over here. I'm, you know, in my, you know, after college, I went back to my, my parents' house in whatever state they're in. And so it was neat being able to see these different um, scenarios. At the height of it, um, I think my, my, my goal uh, was in my head, right? This needs to get out to more and more people. I want to see these classes bigger and bigger. Because, not because right. of, I, I literally am doing a completely 100% volunteer. I don't make anything off of it. It's literally just a passion of mine. That's great. And so my thought is, you know, when you get a, something that somebody can unwrap and, um, and, and change their life. Like, why are, you know, why aren't you in here? Why, you know, and everybody knows somebody, how come, you know, you talk about that sister or that, you know, my, my daughter doesn't get off her duff and she can't figure out her fight. Send her this class. Like, uh, that's all you gotta do. We'll walk through those situations. We'll get the questions going. We'll get them thinking. Um, so, that's you know, fair. at one point it was getting up to a point where we had multiple uh, people helping out with the classes. There was, you know, churches full of people. Our, you know, our, 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 you know, church had multiple people showing up. But when the pandemic hit, it was like, okay, what are we doing now? Right. And so, I, this year was kind of our first real year to try to get fully back into let's let's just do this because um, I try to do it at least once a year, sometimes twice a year. Um, but uh, this was like, let's do this fully. Uh, in-house let's you know just do our best and if five people show up then those are the five people that we should right. be in touch with let's get back to the heart of you know let's let's go back to that situation so that's kind of exciting for me not to think on the grand scale right now and more 
these people who are coming are the ones that that are you know looking for um the desire to grow right so mm, that's good that's good so for our audience i meant obviously uh things are getting ready to go to hell in a handbasket it seems like with the economy and um you know we flooded the market for the last two years i read an article the other day that said we put in not we the government put in 40 percent of all the money that has ever been printed was printed in the last two years like that to me just that's like taking monopoly monopoly money and just throwing it out there and say hey this is a hundred dollar bill um it it's useless now we've got inflation um you've got uh gas prices going off the charts um you know five years ago we were paying a dollar 69 and now we're paying 669 it seems like in some places um what would you say for those who you know even before the the inflation um and and what looks to be a, a soon to be re- um uh well, I just went brain dead what it's called recession recession thank you um what would you say people need to to do first like what would be the first yeah. thing you would say hey you need to prepare for what what would that yeah, be yeah I, I mean the biggest thing and, and people don't like to talk about it I think because they consider it a bad word um but I it's when people go through it and they actually put this together it changes their life it's it's literally just getting down and sitting down and doing a budget Right. And people are like, I don't want to, that's just keeps me from, you know, having fun or it keeps me from, you know, but that the whole point of it is to let you have fun, keeps you me know, yeah, but exactly. yeah, but it also allows you to know, I got to put some money back for right. the rainy day. It, one of my favorites I always go back to is literally the three little pigs. Like, you know, like we read that book and we're like, well, you know, Oh, that's a funny and cute little book, you know, but literally if you think about, you know, the, the whole path of the three little pigs is just to prepare yourself so that you're not the one when the, you know, the, the big bad wolf starts blowing, it's not going to blow your house down. Right. right? Exactly. Yes. You've, you you yeah. want to be the one who's in at minimum, the sticks, the stick house, right. But, right. Yes, but if totally. you can get in the brick house, then you can help people. Look, he's bringing people in saying, Hey dude, <laughs> I've prepared, come on in, I'll help you out. You know, we'll, you know, um, so I think the, the simple thing, it was, I gotta be honest with you, it was, it was, um, it was devastating to me when kind of this all started. And when you start seeing like the checks that started coming out to people, mm, right. I think a lot of, there was a lot of need. I'm not saying that there's not things that people that help people get through things, but the things that I was hearing, um, were, you know, some college kids, high school kids, even who were, you know, running their part-time jobs. And they realized quickly that if I stop my job, I'm going to get six, 700 bucks a week. Yeah, exactly. And parents were helping them think through this. Like, why would you go to, why? I mean, if you go to work, you're going to make half that amount. If you don't work, you're going to make twice as much. And this became, you know, for six months, a year, year and a half. It became the mentality. Of, That's what, I mean, yeah. people can't find employees. Where'd they go? Right. Like we, we didn't have an employee shortage prior to COVID. Right. Um, and not that many people died. It wasn't like, uh, you know, that many people died. Uh, well, let me rephrase it. A lot of people died. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying as far as the, the labor shortage, uh, it wasn't enough to cause that much chaos. So, right. 
But I think that mentality is, is, is what, you know, when you start getting into the situation where, you know, the government's going to always be there to help me. Right. Yeah. You've got to get away from that mentality. You have, you have to get to a point where you're like, I, I gotta protect myself and, and be able to share that with, with others, you know, and get to a point where, I feel like if, you know, and and we talk about this, if I got to a point where, you know, I would lose my job and let's say the job was blessed enough to have a, some sort of a severance package that becomes gravy. Like I had three to six months or more of reserves that was going to prepare me for that chaos that could kick in. I don't have to wait for somebody to hand me money, you know? So that mentality is a tough thing to, to, to get, rid of once you get it in there you know that's good that's really good yeah it it's it it's just crazy like what watching what is going on right now uh for almost 16 years i owned my own business and um it was really successful i enjoyed it but god called me out of that into full-time ministry and um i know enough about business to know that we cannot continue to sustain uh, the, the way that we're going, eventually people run out of a need for stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're based on a, a consumerism economy. Uh, and eventually you just, there's some, there's stuff that you just don't need. And especially when you look at what, uh, in the age groups right now, uh, I think it was the, uh, millennial generation is one of the, the, the least, um, numbers of, generation the the least amount of people in that generation you know you got the baby boomers which was the largest of any generation uh, in the united states which are now all dying off and as well as retiring and so that kills you know the labor force as well so now you've got this younger generation that's not motivated to work and hoping they become tiktok rich and um you know, aren't really motivated in making, making a, a living out there. It eventually, it just seems like things have got to stop or slow down extremely fast. And that's going to cause havoc. Yeah. Cause when you have things like, uh, you know, shortages, like, uh, I, we talked before we jumped on live that I have a, you know, a grandbaby, it's our first mm-hmm. grandbaby and she's eight months old. Congratulations. <clears throat> Yep. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But to look into my daughter's eyes when they're going through a formula shortage, like, mm-hmm. what is that? Like, what? <laughs> yeah. How do you? So we started like Googling, like, well, what do you do to make sure your baby has an, and you start reading all these old recipes from the 1950s that they used to, you know, whatever, right. boil rice and do all, you know, all this stuff. And you're like, are we really th- like, what's happening? Yeah, like, it's, it's crazy. isn't it? yeah. Yeah. So I then, think- most people won't make it if they have to figure out how to start a fire and shoot a squirrel. Right. You know, right. like it. <laughs> you, there's there's going to be a lot of people, you know, struggling at that point in time. Uh, or to even grow. Uh, I grew up on a farm. I mean, at least I know how to grow something. You know, I'll right. have to go steal it if, if it does go as bad, you know, as bad as it looks like it's going to get. But, uh, you know, we, we serve a sovereign God who, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm writing a paper for one of my seminary classes right now. Um, and it's, it's on the Deuteronomic cycle and it's, it's the cycle that the Israelites go through quite often, uh, all through the old Testament. And we go through it personally as well. And you can, you can see through church history when it goes through this. And really what the cycle is, is 
at the top, you know, the Israelites are praising God and worshiping God and loving God, and there's peace in their land. And then the moment comes where they no longer honor God or obey God. They go into idolatry. And then God punishes them um, into slavery in most of the cases of the Old Testament. And then they realize they screwed up. They repent. God brings them back. And what what I was writing um, about or what I am writing about is that God is long-suffering. When you and I are reading the Old Testament, we go from page to page to page, which feels like a day, a day, a day, which Mm -hmm. in in essence is really hundreds of thousands of years before God actually spanks them and, you know, puts them into slavery. Um, It's this cycle that we're, you know, we've been blessed for 250 years as a nation. And uh, if you look at our society right now, it is full of idolatry. It is, it, it couldn't be any worse as far as the idolatry goes, whether it's the almighty dollar or whether it's our Republicans or Democrats or uh, straight, gay, trans, you know, whatever we're elevating above God, iPhones, you know, the church building, whatever you want to pick and choose, we have become an idolatrous and an adulterous nation that God is eventually going to have to uh, correct. And um, you know, we may or may not be in that now. We won't know as until history uh, is over uh, in most of our, <laughs> in most cases. But it feels like, um, you know, we're at a place now where, where God has to do something. And, and I think he is doing some stuff uh, in and through our Supreme Court. We saw some great things this past week. Um, you know, I, I don't think we can stave off the, the financial, um, problems that are going to come, but I, I think, you know, sometimes in, um, trials and tribulations, uh, we draw closer to God and hopefully that is something that we'll see, uh, see here. I know a lot of times, you know, you're dealing in discipling. I disciple men and women all the time, uh, couples, and it's usually in their despair, uh, is when they're looking for help financially, I can see where that's a big deal for you, you know, because a lot of people go through financial issues and they need help. Um, and, uh, I just appreciate what you're doing and how you're coming alongside of them to uh, give them guidance and direction because not everybody, you know, that's one thing they don't teach in school anymore. How to, You know, how to balance a checkbook, how to make a budget, how to, personal finance. Yeah. I remember taking those classes in high school and college and you don't see those anymore. Yeah. Um, right. and, and, and how to stave off, you know, in the church, we need to be teaching, um, you know, how, how not to, to envy, you know, the reason you go broke a lot of times is because you're envious, you know, um, you need the new iPhone. Well, the new iPhone is no different than the last iPhone that you had, except it's newer and about $500 more. Right. Um, or the car or the house or, you know, all of those kind of things. And so people really need to be looking at what is important. You know, when I, when I was making a lot of money and when I, when I, I was utilizing that money and Satan was utilizing that money to keep my eyes off God. Um, the moment that the scales came off and I gave my life to the Lord and I realized that, you know, there are days I wish I had money. You know, uh, I was just telling somebody today that, uh, 
I'm hoping one of these days I get a raise that'll take me from McDonald's to St. Louis Bread Co. You know, <laughs> like I, can, <laughs> I can quit eating at McDonald's and go to St. Louis Bread Co. But um, I, I no longer, back in the day when my, I had two things, really major sins in my life. One of them was worry and one of them was money. Uh, I was always worried about my money. And, um, you know, my company, I sold big ticket items. And they would be anywhere from two hundred to five hundred thousand dollar ticket items, and so not only was I selling this, but I was also having to pay for it. You know, so I would sell it to a customer, we'd get a deposit, I'd pay the, you know, I'd send a hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand dollar check over here, and I'd get a check here, and then I'd have to ship stuff out and wait for a check, and like this shuffle game that I'd been playing for almost eighteen years, just took a toll on me, and. Um, there was a moment in 2018 where I knew God was calling me into full-time ministry. We'd started a church in 2015 and, um, I knew there was a point in time in 2018 where I owed nobody any money and nobody owed me any money. And, and I thought this is the perfect time to pull the plug. And I literally pulled the plug, went into full-time ministry, um, without, it wasn't like I banked a whole lot of money either. I didn't bank I didn't bake anything. I just banked on God was going to take care of me. And the cool thing since 2018 is that God has provided every single time. I And I sleep good. I don't worry. I don't fear. I don't, you know, my, I, I still work at the church. I still do construction on the side. You know, I'm a handyman kind of deal. And God has provided for everything that we've ever needed. And I know, I mean, I literally, when I go to bed at night, um, man, I am content. I am really content. And I think that's a key for the church. And that's a key for people in the church that you've got to be learned, learn to be content where you are and 100%. not always looking forward and trying to, to get somewhere that's just going to keep you up at night. Uh, I'm not saying if you're blessed and you know how to manage your money and God is doing some great things and you're taking care of, uh, what what is God's and you're able to add to your own man that's that's a that's a great blessing there are very few people that are like that but um, learn to be content where you are and I promise you you'll sleep good at night yeah that's huge I mean that 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 contentment is the key that's I, I mean obviously that's the reason that Ramsey you know calls there's financial peace because it does give you that piece. And I think that's the one thing that people don't realize until they go through it is what they're being robbed of, right? Like the opportunity, like you said, if you're in, you know, some sort of massive debt, <clears throat> I mean, in, in Proverbs, you know, states that, uh, that the borrower is slave to the lender, right. you know, exactly. I mean, you can do nothing that you want to do or what God's calling you to do. If you have all this massive amount of bills and debts right. that you have, you can't step away to go, you know, uh, either part-time ministry or, you know, if it's going on a mission trip that you want to go mm -hmm. on, you're stuck. You got two, three jobs, you know, to keep yourself uh, out of that. And that's what the enemy wants. He does not want people to just be free to go help people where they need to. Right. I was just talking to a guy last night who's a, he, he runs a, a mission organization that does a lot of stuff in Indiana or excuse me, India, not Indiana, India. And uh, he and I were talking and um, you know, he's, he's really the organizer of the program. He doesn't necessarily go to India very often. He, I think every other year he goes and uh, he was just talking about all the people that are, you know, just 
lining up and wanting to go and take care of these orphans and these widows that are in India. And cause there's, there's, um, there's 400 million children in India is what he told me. That just blew me away. That's more than oh. the people in the United States. Yeah. So the population is massive when it comes to children and not saying that th- those are all orphans, but um, it's a, it's a very big population to deal with when it comes to children. Um, we were talking about all the people that were lined up, ready to go. They had no debt. Um, they had finances to where they could go and mm-hmm. spend a year or two there. Um, their, 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 their spouse, um, male or female was, and I don't mean combined. One of them was called the, the male was called the female felt like she was called as well, or the female was called and the male felt like he was called as well. And, you know, there's, there's a passage in uh, the Bible where Paul talks about, you know, don't get married if you can't, you know, handle the flesh, um, because it will hinder you from doing God's work. It'll hinder you because it really does. The moment that you get married and you have kids, it hinders you from actually stepping out of that. Your finances will do the exact same thing. I love what you said that, um, you will not step into a calling a lot of times. And I see this all the time uh, with people. They will literally weigh, you know, the pluses and the minus. God says, I want you to go do something. Then they go, well, let me, uh, let me see if this works financially. Let me see if this works in my timeline. I'll have to quit my job. Like they're negotiating with God and they're missing major blessings by not stepping into their ministry. Well, and I can be honest, you know, I've missed a few, you know, weekends here because of having even just some of those same thoughts myself, just with gas being as expensive as it is and like driving out here and stuff. And my wife finally, it was kind of funny today. She goes, are you going tonight? And I'm like, I'm like, um, I'm not sure. And she goes, well, you started this at the beginning because you felt <laughs> like God wanted you there. So get your butt out of the, the off of the couch and go. And I was That's like, okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> point taken. So yeah. he's like, you know, don't you think God's going to provide? provide for you if you go and you know we'll have enough money for gas and stuff and i was like okay point taken you know but sometimes it takes that you know other person telling you that because you just you get kind of stuck in that rut so yeah exactly it's 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 a fear factor you know a lot of times we fear the unknown we fear what we can't control um and in the the last um 17 years of ministry I literally have watched God provide in moments where I thought this is, this mm-hmm. is my last meal. This is the last time I'm sleeping in this house. This is the last time I'm driving this car and God comes in and shows up and shows off. And I, I wish the church would get to a place to where we relied on God like that, you yeah. know, both with our money that we, we allowed him to be stewards of our money, of our soul, of our children, of our spouse, uh, let him take over. And I'm telling you what, it's a much better deal when you do. Yep. Big yeah. Time. And it's, you know, I think that's the, you know, the unfortunate stigma that people have placed against, you know, what, what the church talks about with tithing. And, uh, you know, as a pastor, I'm sure, you know, you, you're probably in the same thought process that, look, God doesn't, he doesn't need your money to, to build right, his exactly. church. Yeah. He's wanting to know where you stand. Yes. He wants to have that relationship with you. And if you're going to have uh, the better, the bigger relationship with money by allowing yourself to, to even tithe the 10%, whether it's net gross, whatever that decision right. is within that person's um, 
the bottom line is, are you willing to do that to know that I'm going to provide for you? Right. And the amount of relationship that comes out of that, you know, is amazing. And so, you know, I think that's, um, you know, you hear, you know, people all the time still here today. Oh, this church always talks about money. That's all they're wanting is your money. Mm -hmm. And, and really, you know, God doesn't need that. He can snap his fingers and do whatever he wants. He wants you, you know? Exactly. Yeah. That's, uh, I, I, I was like that. I, I hadn't been in a church. I was an atheist prior to giving my life to the Lord in 2003. And, um, I maybe went to church three times since I was 12 years old till I was 33. And the three times that I went, it was money. Like literally I was like, yes, see, that's exactly what I, that's why I'm not going to church because they want my money because it was my money. And you know, that's how I, I, uh, I looked at it, but, um, I'll never forget the day that I gave my life to the Lord in about, gosh, probably less than a year later, I owned, um, I owned 10 condos, two houses and, uh, the house that I was living in, all the other stuff was rental property. And that was where I was taking God, put him on the pedestal and I worship him and I have a great time and thank you, Jesus. And then all of a sudden I'd be like back to my money. And I just kept going back and forth, back and forth. And finally in a weird way, weird of events. I mean, if I told you financially how this happened, you'd be like, what? How, seriously how'd you do that you screwed that one up royally and yes i screwed it up royally but it was with god's help and um he finally i lost it all lost every bit of it and uh i just never i'll never forget i was sitting on my knees and i was i was praying to god and i was like literally i was like dude i just gave my life to you you know and i'm thinking you know he got a good deal when he got me and I should have double of everything that I had now. That was, that was my thought process. And, um, uh, I remember just praying and I was praying. I was like, why? Like, I need to know why this is happening to me because of all the things in my life, money was near and dear to me. And I'll never forget. It's just like us sitting here talking. He said, I never gave that to you to begin with. The Mm -hmm. enemy gave that to you. And so everything that I'm going to do from here on out, you will know that it's from me. You will see that it's from me and you will honor worship and respect me because of what I'm doing in your life. And I relinquished control, um, that day forward. And it was just like, okay, you do whatever you, you got to do. And, um, it wasn't a few months later, I lost my corporate job. Um, I had $1,500 and a laptop computer. I started my company within three years. It was a $4 million, almost a $4 million company. Uh, and it just kind of blew up from there and God just was just blessing it. And, um, through, you know, current, you know, through uh, a series of events that happened in my life, you know, my wife got cancer, uh, we started a church, you know, things just finally overtook my desire to run a company and make money. And my desire was to be into ministry and just, he just put it at a spot where I could just close the doors and walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, I say all that to say is that you will go through seasons, especially if money is your God and I little G God, you know, because it's, it's not going to make you happy. It's not going to bring you happiness. It is a tool that you need to have in order to live, um, in order to, to sometimes have nice things, but God will provide the things that you need, not necessarily the things that you want. Um, if you're driving a $50,000 car or a hundred thousand dollar car and you're getting ready to lose it, that's not something that you need. He may let you lose it. So don't blame it on him. 
Um, there are a lot of things in your life that you don't necessarily need that he may sift out. But once you realize and the smoke clears, um, you'll be happier for it, I promise, uh, if you learn to be content. Most of our problems in Christianity are not because the enemy's coming after us because we make stupid decisions and stupid mistakes. You know, you can look at almost every financial issue that somebody has. It's usually dumb purchases or too much purchases, or you're spending more that you, than you have. Or sometimes you get into situations like you're in rusty, just mm-hmm. medical expenses just overtake you. And there's not a lot that you can do about it. Yep. Um, you know, sometimes those things happen, but you've got to realize that God has a plan and that, uh, he will take care of you in the end. And, yeah. uh, it won't be all, you know, peaches and cream uh, <laughs> while you're on this side of heaven. And that's true. It's, it's, you know, that's never promised, you know, the health, wealth, and prosperity is not a promise by any means. Um, good stewardship there, there's, there's a good premises and good promises behind that as well. So, so, so Jeff, you do, you, um, you're in the corporate world. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So how do you, how do you, um, tread waters in the corporate world? Do you do, um, uh, like, uh, I, I, matter of fact, I think we were talking, you do a Bible study at, at work. Is that correct? Or with work we people do. or, okay. We do. Yeah. Taking a snapshot of where we are, you know, right now is, uh, we do a, uh, a weekly, um, uh, we call it a faith group and mm-hmm. we get together, do a devotion. Um, we do a prayer, we do a, you know, at the beginning, it's pretty, it's a half hour. We keep it, uh, fairly structured so that because people are, in the middle of their work days and we're doing it, it's, it's considered around noon, around their lunchtime. Right. Um, so today snapshot is, uh, yes, we we're meeting, um, to, to essentially, uh, you know, the beginning is to give thanks to God, talk about some yay gods and some celebrations going on in people's lives. We're kind of living in it in a, um, opportunity to, to grow together. You know, we work together for a lot of these people. We work very closely. Sometimes we're doing our jobs more hours in a week than we're even home, you know, seeing our families. Right. Um, so having a good relationship and then, uh, do a, we do a devotion. And then at the end, we, uh, have an opportunity for prayer requests and follow-ups and to be able to pray with each other. So, so what, what was that like starting that? Like, especially in the corporate world, I haven't been in the corporate world in 20 plus years. So I kind of do what I want, you know, sometimes. And (laughs) I I actually kind of, I'll go to some corporations and do a Bible study just to see if I can, you know, uh, raise somebody's hair on the back of their neck. But, um, uh, what, how did, how is that, um, with you? Do you have a culture in the, in the, uh, in the corporation that, that, you know, pat you on the back for it, opens it up for you, um, you know, is restricted or what's that culture like? So it's a, I think it's pretty common in most, um, you know, I work for a global company. And so I think for most companies, you know, they're um, sensitive to um, diversity and things that are, you know, going on. And so uh throughout my tenure, you know, at this company, um, in the, you know, at the beginning of my tenure, I, when I was in my passion stage where I wanted to go share about everything, I, um, 
I just, I, there were, I don't know that I saw, I, I definitely didn't see it in writing, but I had this, this feeling that it wasn't that you, this isn't the place you talk about God. It right. just isn't. There's lots of other things you can talk about, but you just don't, you don't do it. It's just kind of an unsaid rule in people's minds. And um, so, and I'll, I'll just j- jotted down some notes for timelines. It's been a while, but uh, so what's funny is we, uh, there's, you know, a lot of companies have some kind of an internal communication site or mm-hmm. place where you can post some things, you know, like you would, um, you know, just to kind of, hey, what's going on in the company and, you know, sharing some thoughts and they're monitored pretty closely most of the time. Uh, someone had posted back in 2015. Uh, are there any, I mean, very openly and honestly and quick, are there any faith groups here, you know, mm. and it caught my eye and I'm like, oh, somebody else one other person this whole company is thinking like i'm thinking <laughs> like what <There's... laughs> and so um i watched the conversations you know just to see i kind of pinged out there hey i'm interested as well what's you know let me let me know what you find out and <clears throat> some other people did as well and immediately a uh a, a monitor a person or a system that was monitoring it uh, indicate that this is going to be removed. You can't talk about this type of a communication on our public and our forums, oh, wow. you know, for the company. And this person questioned back and forth a little bit and they eventually removed it. So I reached out to her separately and said, Hey, I'm still interested. <laughs> like what? <laughs> now that we kind of know each other a little bit, very lightly, you know, you interested in kind of talking more. And uh, she said, yeah, that's, I mean, you know, we know that there's other people like us out there, you know, <laughs> there's right. at least two. And now there appears to be, there's maybe a handful of people. Okay. Um, so we, uh, we all, you know, just got together in the lunchroom and we worked in the same building in the cafeteria and we started talking. We're like, you know, what's this about? You know, you guys have a similar thought process and there's, you know, and so, um, the uh, thought is let's semi-organize something, you know, we're not doing anything to break the rules. Let's just kind of, you know, let's just kind of hang out in the lunchroom. I mean, can have lunch together and talk about stuff. Yeah. So that became our, 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 our meeting place. Um, so that was the beginning back in 2015. And from there, it just started to grow. Like people started to hear you, like you hear stories, you know, like, what's how come what's going on there you're going to lunch and talking about faith how come i can't go you know and they're like oh no you can go and next thing you know the table's growing you know (laughs) and and, um so we finally got to a point where we said we need to move this like off to a a bigger space you know and it was nothing that was posted because that's was indicated that that's not allowed which is fine uh it's just literally word of mouth and um so as we started uh, growing into this atmosphere, realizing there's a lot more people than just, you know, a handful that, you know, A, want to talk about uh, the faith and while they're at, with their coworkers, right? Um, but more, we're finding that people n- need it. Like, this is the middle of their work week. They're probably going through some tough stuff at home. Now you're getting on these stressful conference calls, you know, or dealing with clients, whatever the case may be. And this break is like, I mean, it's like a weight lifted off. Like 
and you hear people saying, I needed that this week, you know, can't wait to see you next week, you know, and they're going back to their, their uh, workspaces and are coming back saying I was much more productive when I got back on my next calls. Like I was, I was fired up, wanted to get things done. Like, so, so now you're going from, we just want to talk about things to becoming a more productive um, uh, employee for your company. Like, okay. So this is exactly, this is another, you know, thought that we're going to, it almost sounds like the Daniel plan. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, just give me 10 days. I promise you we'll look better than everybody else. And you know, we're not going to eat meats and we're not going to do that, but yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And that's and Christians should stand out like that. If you're claiming to be a Christian in the business world, man, you've got to stand out. You've got to, you've got to be different because I ask this question a lot of times. I do a lot of seminars in conferences. And, um, I ask this question all the time. If people were to need a prayer or help in some moral or biblically way, would they know to come to you? Right. You know, at work, um, would they know that you're not the guy sitting over the water cooler telling the dirty jokes or, you know, staring down the secretary or a coworker that's walking by? Um, you know, would you, be the person that, you know, is, is doing the right things on their expense report and different things like that. Like that's what Christians need to be in the workforce and too many hypocrites in the church, um, outside the church, I should say that come in, you know, raising holy hands on Sunday and then raising holy hell on Monday, uh, just give a, a, a bad name to Christianity in general. And so we should be those people that are easily spotted and great productivity. What a great, I mean, that would be awesome. I wish, I wish your company would have, uh, like, you know, watched it intently just to see what happens, you know, to see maybe that productivity and, um, you know, because statistics show that, um, for couples who are, um, for an example that are engaged in church and that go regularly are like 75 or 80 times more likely to stay together, um, for their whole life. They're happier, uh, their kids are more well-adjusted, so forth and so on. So those who are true Christians, those who are, um, and I, I say true Christians, but are on-fire Christians, uh, need to look different, and the world needs to see them. But unfortunately, what happens at work and you know, even in your neighborhood is that people look at, look at the lukewarm person and go, well, the only difference between them and me is that they go to church every Sunday. I'm right. mor- I'm morally good. I don't beat my wife. I take care of my kids. You know, I pay my taxes. I do my bill, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And yet they don't see that f- on fire Christian. And so right. that's, uh, that's very honorable that you would set uh, and do that. I love that. Well, what's interesting is, and that's kind of a good transition in that thought is we thought, we thought the same, like people right. need yeah, to, exactly. we thought people need to see this, like this right. is, you know, why don't we, um, and so you're familiar with the CU at the pole, right? Uh, Where, exactly. you know, kids, you know, get together in their schools. Well, we were talking one day at a meeting. We're like, well, we got a flagpole out the front oh, of our building. Great. Like, can we meet and do that? Like, I don't, it's a flagpole. <laughs> like, why? You're right, it's exactly. public space. Let's go. Yeah. And so we said, well, let's, let's go meet out there. And, you know, those who want to go, we encourage people like take off with your kids and be with your kids at your schools. But if you're here, at work on this day, we're going to meet out just with the other kids and we're just going to pray for our company, pray for our country. Right. 
and about 50 people showed up around the pole and we were like oh, God. okay awesome. wow that's pretty cool and then people were like what are you guys doing like what, what's happening <laughs> that's here awesome so we were like oh well people are interested so we were like just helping people get information here's when we meet and it got to a point where it was like we don't want like a leader of this group right this is a group of right. people and so what happened quickly was we started breaking off into a little more organized thought of uh, let's have some people bring some devotions right let's have right. A, so they're hearing other voices it's not like oh this is this person's group that meets it's it's a group of people who meet at uh, this corporation, you know? And so, um, uh, so what happened was uh, the next um, see you at the poll event came. Um, and by this time, you know, we, we, we started, you know, we got through Chris, we got through uh, Christmas and we started, you know, adopting Christmas families and start becoming this, this thing. Wow. We're like, we're all, this is an all in thing. Like we're excited, we're passionate. Um, started growing more. We had our second C with uh, the poll event and we were like, worked out pretty good last year. Let's do it again this year. Well, we got there and there was about a hundred people who were ready to be at the C with the poll. And we're wow. like, okay, this is pretty cool. Like God's really making this thing move. Well, there, the poll sits outside of the uh, president's office. <laughs> and right. so, there was quickly uh, 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 an indication that you can't do this. And we're like, well, what do you mean? Like, we're like, and they said, we'll meet later, you know, type thing, disperse. Wow. We're like, okay. Like, I mean, we're not here to break any rules. Like, if that's a rule, you know. And so uh, there was uh, some people who were, who were called, you know, into the president's office along with the human resources and um they were asking you know what's happening and we just bluntly you know explain this is this is our path this is what's happening and they said well you need to stop oh wow and we said what does that what do you mean like well they said you can't meet uh in groups where you're talking about religion and uh politics right the other things you can talk about but those two things we're like okay well we don't we definitely don't want to break any rules right so if that's in policy you know if you can just shoot us over the policy we'll forward it out to everybody and then we'll let them know this is policy we've got to figure out another game plan <laughs> and they said well it's there and we said no i believe you you're an hr you know person like just you know, shoot it over to us so that we know, so we can see where it's at and how, you know, cause we, if it's, you can't meet with three people, whatever it is, we want to stay within right. the guidelines. And we went on our way and they said, yeah, we'll, we'll get you the information. We didn't hear. So we followed back up and it never got sent to us. Oh, they wow. literally, the idea, I think, unless there was just a miscommunication between the things we were, we were supposed to see, um, was just kind of, let's put this to rest. And so what we asked them was, well, what can we do? Like, and they said, well, one thing you can meet, whatever you want to do off site, right? You can go meet at uh, a restaurant across the street or whatever, <laughs> you know, we can't keep you from right. doing that, but you just can't do it. And we're like, okay. And they said, or whatever happens behind closed doors, no one ever knows about. Right. Hmm. And so we we're saying, okay, does that mean, you know, what do you mean? And they were like, 
We're just saying that if there's a conference room reserved and there's a meeting going on, no one really knows. Now, if something comes out of that meeting that someone's offended about and it gets, it gets uh, bubbled up, then we have, we have a problem, right? And so that spooked a lot of people, right? Because they were like, oh, now we might, you know, right. people were thinking we might lose their jobs and, you know, all this sort of thing. And so uh, in talking through it, um, we, uh, the group had decided, let's just um, continue meeting on our own, you know, let's not, we're not here to, to ruffle feathers. That's not the point. The point is we want to meet, right? Right. So, um, so that was a, a, an interesting turn of events. And then fast forward um, to 2016, 17, um, there was a, uh, a meeting at one of our other locations. <clears throat> we have multiple locations around the U.S., there was a, uh, a, a business meeting that was happening and someone got wind that, hey, this site is doing a faith meeting. Can we do it here? Mm. And so through a, a turn of events, they started. Now we have two sessions of people in different buildings that are meeting as faith groups and on their own terms, right? They're not breaking any, any rules according to what has been disclosed. Um, but now we can see kind of for us a lot of this was around we don't want to necessarily push we're not here to, to to ruffle feathers and push anything we're here to to be an opportunity to pray the cool thing is we pray for our leaders like that's uh one of the big things is to pray for our leaders of our company right you know um to pray for uh, the leaders of our country to do the things that we feel like we're called to do. And it's not necessarily to say, well, how come you got this doing this and we can't do that? Um, so that's where we essentially landed today. Oh, wow. That's awesome, man. Well, that's, uh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. I love, I love, uh, the boldness, you know, that, and, and you're still being respectful, you know, um, I think you see that all through scripture where Jesus is, um, you know, he's going at the Pharisees and the Sadducees and, you know, every time the politics would come up or the, uh, you know, the, the, the ruler, the king, whatever, uh, they, he would always be very respectful in those cases. And, um, you know, sometimes you have to, you have to, um, you know, you got to play the game in order to continue to do it. It's more important that you guys are able to continue to, um, do as much as you possibly can, uh, without, you know, flipping over the table, so to speak. Um, yeah. And what we've, what we've always said in, in these meetings is, is that God doesn't necessarily need our company, right? He's not right. like, Oh, thank, you know, thank me that, I, you know, that, that right. we have this, this company who does this thing. I really need them without them. The world wouldn't be what it is. You know, right? Exactly. he has a company of people and people are there to connect and he's yes. put them in places for reasons, you know? So to keep, to keep the thought that, um, you know, that, that each company is, you know, is needed for the reason you think it's needed is may not be God's design or direction. Right, exactly. Right? That's good. Well, man, that is awesome. So, um, what are your future plans? You guys got any, any big plans Just kind of status quo or I think it's, you... I think from what I've gathered from everybody, it's pretty status quo. One other thing that was interesting that kind of made us think. Um, so 
during the pandemic, right? So everything went digital. Right. And so now we're, everybody's meeting on Zoom, which that was, you know, just like everybody, that was this trial and error thing. Like, what are we going to do now? Now we yeah, can't exactly. meet. Um, so Zoom came up. Well, somewhere around Christmas time, again, one of these things came out through a, a public forum and it said there's a Christmas concert um, that's going to be, and, uh, and it was dedicated around the company. And we were like, well, that's interesting because nobody ever uses the word Christmas. You know, it's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're like, what's, what's, so everybody started, you know, asking about it. And it turns out that this was in the United Kingdom, right? Because it's a global company. And so we're like, okay, well, let's, maybe we'll join. And we asked and they were like, you know, absolutely. And it turned out to be when we went into the Zoom session that there were people <clears throat> from all over the world on this doing the same oh, thing wow. it was a and the, there was uh uh executives right high uh executives managing directors and executives on on these uh on this call and they were quoting bible verses and they were like wait a minute well well this is interesting you know like what <laughs> So we, when that, it all ended, we got with the people who organized it and we're like, Hey, here's who we are. And they're like, Whoa, we didn't even know that existed in the U S and we're like, well, we didn't know you existed there, <laughs> you know? So again, there's more people who are thinking about this whole God thing than just us. That's weird. And so, um, when we got with them, uh, at the end of the call it was just kind of a, an interesting conversation. They said, we have no problems in the UK in England of matter of fact, we have, uh, Christian groups talks about Jesus and wow. it's open, completely open. You can do anything you want. And if somebody wants to have, you know, a, uh, a Hindu group, that's perfectly fine too. You know, that's, I mean, it's not like there's a, a, a status around it. And we said, well, can we kind of jump into yours? And cause since you've already, you know, got everything and they said, it's not the same in the U S that in the US there's a, there's a stigma and a corporate stigma around it. And there's a feeling of um, anxiousness, I guess, with, our, with companies well, in the woke, US to, this to allow. Yeah, everybody's so worried about being canceled and with the cancel culture mm -hmm. and the wokeness and all that kind of stuff, man, everybody's afraid to step up and be bold and right. stand firm on something that they actually believe on. Or believe right. in, I should say. Right. Well, well, God bless you, man. That is awesome. I'm proud that you guys are doing that. Um, you know, in the in the world that uh, is, you know, especially when it's talking about the almighty dollar and, you know, m big business and, um, and they just don't want to step out. I, I do believe we're seeing a shift, though, and I think you're going to see a shift in all of this wokeness, you look at all the stuff that's happening with Disney right now. Um, you know, once you start hitting a company with their pocketbook or at their pocketbook, <laughs> they're gonna, they're going to switch gears real quick. And, uh, yeah. hopefully, hopefully we'll see that, uh, because I think people are tired of, of, you know, some of the craziness that's going on. Um, the way that's being inundated on kids, um, you know, the way that, uh, just, just everybody is just, you, you can't even have a conversation anymore. Um, and we, and people can't disagree without hating each other. 
And yeah. I just, I just, that's all social media. I mean, and that's the, and the corrupt media that's, that's behind all that stuff. So, well, man, we will be praying for you, um, as you continue, you know, in that corporate world of just trying to be the light and the salt of the earth, um, you know, to, to be there for other believers. And, uh, I hope you guys continue to stand firm and, uh, and do the right thing. So, um, yeah, if you have, in, in a couple of minutes, I should say in, in, in one or two minutes, what would you tell people, um, you know, l- let's go back to finances. What would you tell people to prepare for um, in the upcoming months? You said something earlier just yeah. about like saving some money, but what, what would be some good helps for the people as uh, as we finish up here? Yeah, the you know, when you're looking at things now, like the inflation, I don't know if you guys have gone grocery shopping in the last couple of weeks, yeah. but I mean, just it's, ins- I mean, we don't even get nearly the amount of, of food in a, in a cart, right? Right. Then you're, you're well over your, you know, it's 30, 40% increase in right. the things that you would normally buy. Just your, you don't have to get anything fancy, you know, right. and it's, it's a huge amount. When you, when you take somebody who's, you know, at the point of living, um, at their, you know, just check to check literally, right. Um, that they haven't had an opportunity or haven't taken the chance to save back, um, you know, some funds and prepare. This is where you're, you're caught in dire straits, right? right? Um, and the, the best thing <clears throat> that I would in, encourage people to do is it's never, ever, ever too late, right? Yeah. Um, you got to start somewhere. And um, so, you know, get, get, Go to a. Uh, I would I would recommend some sort of a um, a faith based program around it right. because you're going to find people who want to sell you products and different things. That's not good. Yeah, that's in a lot of cases, good. go to a faith based program. Go to your go to your church and ask. Go to uh, if you you know interested in Dave Ramsey's. Go to go to Dave Ramsey. They've got tons of resources out there. Um, but just start somewhere. And if nothing else, if you're like, it just seems so overwhelming to me to even begin, sign up for one of those classes. It's a nine week, it's a nine week course. It takes you through all the basics of everything to get you started. So that's, there's no stopping what the, what's going to happen with you can't necessarily today stand up and say, well, we're going to stop inflation. It's, it's going to be what it is. And you, we just have to be prepared. Right. Or you could yeah. just bury your hand head in the sand like the administration's doing, saying it's not inflation yet. Like, well, yeah, right. whatever. They haven't gone to Walmart like I have. <laughs> you were talking about going up thirty or forty percent, but have you seen the the um, uh, sizes of everything? Right. Same price, smaller package. Like yeah. Everything is shrinking. Like I was just like, you got to be kidding me. My wife paid the right. same right. for like a jar of mayonnaise that she did, you know, six weeks ago, and yet the jars half the size right you know exact same skew number because she i think she did it online and it comes in a different size like golly just crazy so well jeff brother i appreciate you taking your time tonight sorry about all the confusion earlier with the uh, technical difficulties and uh can i say one more one more quick thing yes Um, it's just real simple is if you're in a corporation right and you Mm -hmm. feel like i can't do this or i can't talk about it doesn't have to be anything big grab somebody that you know around your company and just say, Hey, let's go, you know, take a walk or let's meet for lunch. And it's to watch God work through that 
and to to watch that grow in your company is is amazing and you don't have to have all the right answers you know it's very right. simple uh process that you can just start with somebody and then if that person knows somebody let it let let god kind of work through you know people and, and connect Amen. it but i think corporations need this you know more than ever and it's free yeah. you know yeah that's great i agree i always tell people if you're reading your bible you have discipleship material all you right. have to do is talk about what you're reading like right it's, it's pretty simple you don't have to have a book or a big study or anything just talk about the few chapters that are verses that you read during the morning and uh then you've got something to chew on throughout the day so great yep. advice jeff man i'll be praying for you and appreciate uh, you being here yeah hope yep. to, hope to meet you someday in person and uh we'll be praying for you and your ventures Thanks very much. Amen. Appreciate it, guys. All right. Well, guys, thank you guys so much for joining us today. We are going to call it a night, and we will see you back here next Monday night. God bless. You've been listening to the Man Up God's Way podcast. Visit us on Facebook, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, and our website at manupgodsway.org.